Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. God's word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast his love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose with Him. And today we're going to talk about money. Money. (laughs) It makes some people laugh, but it makes some people cry. But today we're going to just find joy in the Lord with money with Andrew McNair. He's a retirement professional and the president of Swan Capital, a local business he started here in Pensacola, where he specializes in retirement planning, management, financial gain. I mean, just cover the whole gamut there. He also has an office in Daphne, Alabama. And then he has a very successful podcast called Rich, Young, and Powerful with Andrew McNair. Huge guests. You guys like pay attention. Kirk Cameron, Christine Kane, my girl, Levi Lusco, Larry the Cable Guy, Dr. Ben Carson, Bethany Hamilton, Chris Tomlin. Did he sing though? You know, he came to my house and he did not sing. I just knew that he was just going to sing and, you know, empty it out in the house, but uh, he did not sing, which is, that's okay. But I went to Olive to his concert and it was amazing. So how did you get him on? Were you like, dude, I love your songs. That's exactly (laughs) like I've been singing your songs as a kid growing up in church. And I I just thought it was awesome to hear, you know, him speak, tell about some of these songs he wrote. So it was a magical experience. All of our guests are uh, uh, just extraordinary in their field. Oh my goodness. And I love hearing you talk to them about their habits. Yeah. Like David Platt, I didn't know he journaled and I journal. I do. And so to hear, you know, David Platt, a a pastor I listen to on the daily, talk about his journaling. And it was really, it was really cool because sometimes, you know, like a podcast like this, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And so we were talking about journaling. David Platt has made so so much of an impact on my life on my life too on the simplicity of life right yeah and just going back to the gospel and you know what we call radical is just christianity yeah i mean that's what it is we've sadly softened it made it more vanilla but if we go back to what christianity is it is radical to the culture and so i think david platt has obviously put a spotlight on that yeah it's i mean jesus died for our sins he's perfect and he walked this life he was a carpenter Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder how Jesus was with financials. You know what I mean? You know, I actually wrote a script um, that it hasn't been turned into a a YouTube video on our channel yet, but did Jesus tithe? And so I I wanted to go through all the Jewish customs that Jesus actually followed. And so we'd say, you know, like, well, him and the Pharisees had, you know, conflict. Yeah, but there was a lot of customs like the the booths, uh, the feast of the tabernacle, all these different feasts he respected from his childhood, which we know, throughout his ministry. And so I believe absolutely that Jesus tithed because he was a carpenter. He did have wages. We knew that his ministry did have money and that was donated. That's why Judas had his hand in the purse strings. So that's a, I think it's going to be a great video. So I was busy writing that. Okay. So where can we 
watch that. Yeah, so our channel is the Everyday Philanthropist. And so it talks about uh, just basically Q&A with the general public. Like, yeah. should we only tithe crops? Uh, should we tithe on gross or net? And so I answer those questions that people have about tithing and I back it up with, here's what the Bible says. And here's not what Andrew McNair thinks, but here's what the Bible says. Yeah. As a layman, I'm not a pastor, but this is what I read in scripture and open to having a conversation about it. Okay, let's talk about tithing. Sure. I love to tithe mm -hmm. and I did not used to because wow. I didn't understand it. Of course. But now, and I'm for you who's listening, like we're just, I'm just sharing a little bit to help you, to encourage you in your faith walk with the Lord. But the Bible is really clear about tithing. I, I you know, looked up the scripture before you came in. Leviticus 2730, it says, a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's and is holy. And like, what a gift that we get to earn money. And also what a gift that we get to give to other people who are doing the Lord's work. Absolutely. You know, what Absolutely. a gift. I, I know. And so a lot of people want to stay, is say that, you know, that's Old Testament law and they want to stay away from tithing, talking about giving, that it's only Old Testament scripture. And so I try to stay in the New Testament and talk about where Paul says that, hey, I deserve wages. You know, mm -hmm. you don't just smother an ox while he's working. So a pastor needs wages today. I mean, I've yeah. heard pastors say that we can't pay for missions and the light bill and the ministries that we have with bake sales. I mean, you have to have income. And so you hear that from Paul mm -hmm. and then people say, well, Jesus never talked about tithing. Well, Jesus did talk about tithing. And so this is a quote that's been on my heart lately is A.W. Tozier, who's said that the height of heresy in the church is when we mistake obedience for legalism. Mistake obedience for, for legalism. legalism. Okay, go deeper. So many times people say, well, we, we shouldn't be, you know, instructing people to tithe or give because that would be legalism, that mm. you should be giving 10%. Well, you, if you tell me to do that, that's legalistic, that I shouldn't be told from a pastor, from a deacon that I should be tithing or giving because then would be legalism. We would take away the grace that Jesus died on the cross. And all of about grace is absolutely true that the commands that the Bible has given us, some of those commands are for our benefit. And right. like Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law, but not necessarily to away with the law. I mean, you know, if if all the law was done away with, well, we'd just say, oh, you know, you can go back to murdering. We got grace, but we don't do that because there are certain laws that predate law uh, that's in Leviticus. So tithing actually predates Leviticus and it is in Leviticus and it's after. And Jesus talks about tithing in his ministry. So that is a law that we continue today. And not, th not that you have to give 10% or you're not saved. No, that... The New Testament believer today looks at tithing as a floor and that they want to give above that floor. Yeah. And so I like to say, and many pastors do, is that grace raises the bar. And that's what we look at with tithing and giving is that since Jesus has come and has forgiven all of our sins, out of that gratitude I have, because I know how much sin that he forgave for me alone, not anyone else, yeah. I know how much sin he gave, forgave for me, that out of that response, well, then I should have gratitude. And out of gratitude, I have generosity. Yeah. Yeah. We get to give um, something that I was just thinking about when you were talking about Jesus and giving and tithing. Is that, and like pastors saying, hey, you should tithe. 
from experience, I had to be taught to tithe. It's not natural for me, to, for somebody to give me $10 and be like, I'm gonna give 10% of that away. I'll be like, no, what can I get with $5? Yeah, I mean, money is a taboo subject in many families' households. I mean, some people were exampled really good money habits yeah. about saving, investing, and then giving. Yeah. But we know that from Barna research that people learn giving typically from their parents or grandparents. So if their parents or grandparents didn't give, yeah. That's why we're seeing so little people give. And that's why I wrote the book, The Giving Crisis. It's my third book because it is a crisis. We are giving now less than we did during the Great Depression when we had over 25% unemployment. Yeah. We actually give less now than back then. And now people will say, well, th times are different. Actually, times are different only to point out what I'm already saying. Like now we have double income households. Right. When my grandfather was going through the Great Depression, double income households were not a thing. Well, you may say, well, inflation. I'm adjusting that for inflation. Incomes have actually historically outpaced inflation. And then you have smaller family households, which means more money that we should have because we have smaller families. And the issue is, is our Earnings have increased, but our expectations have increased faster. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see 32% larger homes than le in a less than a 30-year period, but families are nearly 30% plus smaller. Oh my goodness. Are you speaking to my heart right now? Because Pinterest is telling me I need to have a bigger <laughs> house. Yet my Lord tells me I have learned to be content no matter the circumstance. You know what I'm saying? And I know I'm swimming upstream. And this all comes from my own story. Like I struggle with greed. I wrote the book to, the, to speak to the person I once was. I struggle with greed. I want more cars. I want a larger house. I want, 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 want. Yes. And I needed to be taken to my knees for really Christ to humble me and say, actually, you just need me. Amen. Somebody needed to hear that today. Like open up your heart to this conversation with Andrew. For you who's listening, let the Lord soften your heart to redefine what money and giving means because it is the Lord's to begin with right? It is the Lord's. Like all we've been able to accomplish, God has done it for us. That's Isaiah 26, 12. All we've been able to accomplish, God has done it for us. And he establishes our peace. So even if we get the $5 or whatever, that's the Lord's that we got that in the first place. So yeah, that, that's really interesting that you talk about expectations have increased because that just humbles me in so many ways. <laughs> well, I think you bring up a good point about ownership. I, I think when we start to realize that what we have, our talents, our influence, our reputation, um, our, obviously our treasure, all of those things that we count as assets are to be used for him because he owns them. Yes. And that is hard to sometimes get our head around, but that ownership piece is so important. And it comes easier to me and I'll tell you why. And this is a really good analogy if you're struggling with this is I'm what's called a fiduciary for my clients, which means that when people give me millions of dollars, I not for one inkling think that it's my money. I know that they gave me that money to manage and steward on their behalf. And I'm supposed to bring a return and I'm supposed to give them a report. And I have to always remember it's not my money. But, it, and I talk about this with legacy, with estate planning with clients is, isn't it funny that we, we talk about, you know, and some people that I have really strong believers that are clients of mine. And I have to remind them, I'm saying, if it, we truly believe that it's all God's, and it really is all his, 
but we're always fixated on trying to build up our nest egg so we can leave more to our our actual earthly children when we should be thinking about what about the spiritual children of God that he wants to extend the kingdom. And that's why me and my wife, we've chosen to not only give half of our income, but half of my estate when I pass away and I've already given away most of my net worth. And I say all that, not as a, as a Matthew six, four, you know, keep your, your giving in secret. I'm only sharing with you to you. So as, as a training opportunity to train you up and disciple you that you you can give more than you realize if you just start changing your habits. Yeah. When you were just sharing that about giving away, I was thinking about, I don't know if it's a parable of the soil, mm. how it's like soft soil, hard soil, yeah. like hard, Absolutely. softish soil. God had to probably get you to a place of such soft soil for you to say, it's his, I'm going to give it away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, for, uh, the beginning of my economic journey, I was actually in that soil where the weeds, and if you go back to, I believe the, this parable is in Matthew is he talks about the weeds of riches of culture will choke out, mm-hmm. choke out the gospel. And so sadly my life looked just like everyone else's i was trying to have more be more and the issue was that greedy voice that always pushed me to say why don't you make more why don't you have more why don't you work harder is and sadly in america we applaud that workaholism is the only addiction people applaud you all the way to rehab and so uh, when that greedy voice left me because I lost all of my money, like any sinful stage, it was great for a season, and then it moves on to the next victim and leaves you alone in your brokenness. Yeah, yeah, but what a blessing to now be far from that in this place of giving where you're now sharing with others, hey, you can do this too. Absolutely. You can do this too, and and see money as the Lord's, see giving as the Lord's and, and trusting him once you do give, trusting him with what he wants to do with that money. And that's why I labeled it the everyday philanthropist. It's, it's every day. A lot of people say, well, when I'm rich, I'll do that. Uh, if I was rich, I would do that. And I say, no, a philanthropist is someone that gives a large percentage of their income or net worth. That doesn't, it's a percentage. It's not an amount. So you start off, like when I was working at Denny's waiting tables, I was giving 10%. And then as my income increased, I started increasing my giving. Interesting. Okay, break that. Why more than 10%? Um, I mean, because we talked about earlier, you know, tithing's the floor. And so I wanted to give back to God what is his and that he's already entrusted me. He gave me an increase. So uh, I love how Rick Warren puts it. I've been trying to compete with God this whole time, trying to outgive God, and he's still winning. And that's so true. I've tested yeah. it for myself. Like I used to think, well, that's really cool. I wonder if that's true. And I've done that in my own life and it is true. Okay. I say this to encourage the person listening, but okay. And you talk to, you've talked to hundreds of thousands of people about financial um, well-being and planning for the future. The idea of paying off our home mm. is so, just what? So what I want. So, so, so. And for you who's listening, maybe you have a goal with money that you're like, I just want to accomplish this. I know that if we do pay off our house, we can do so much. Is so much more financially, you know, Lord willing. Is 
is it wrong to have a goal in mind? Like maybe somebody needs a car or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something mm -hmm. else that's not a house that would be understandable to pay off. Do you guide people in like financially to pay off the house and then give more? Is that a weird question to no, ask? No, no, I don't think there's, there, that's not a weird question at all. I mean, again, debt is like, uh, like a fire. Like mm -hmm. it can warm a home. And it also can burn a house to the ground. So fire is, you know, and debt are very dangerous things. And so I, I really respect when someone wants to pay off debt. If you have high interest debt, that should be one of the main priorities. But I talk about this in my book. This should be taught in every school. It should be taught in every Sunday school from the beginning of when you go into church as a little small child all the way up till, hey, you're in the young marriage class. You're in the senior adult. Yeah. Like it's 10 20 70 you should be your priority matters like so the 10 percent before i pay my bills before i pay my mortgage before i make an extra payment on my mortgage before i put money away for my retirement giving comes first okay because it shows priority and i tell a story and this is a really funny story in my book about my wife uh, natasha when i was dating her i'd bring her roses Every week, I'd bring her roses every week. And she thought, you know, my head was so big. She was like, you're my Romeo. No one's ever brought me flowers every week. And then I gave her a tour of my office. And I said, hey, this is the lobby. This is where we actually uh, give clients roses every time they come. And we remind them to smell the roses. Yeah. And she looked at those roses and she said, are those the roses that you give me every week? <laughs> And I, and I knew I was in trouble because yeah. I was, uh, uh, you, well, yeah, they're, they're the leftover roses. Yeah. And she says, I would like next week if you give me a different type of flower. Get because it, girl. the point is priority. Like I was giving her the leftovers of what I had. Yeah, and yeah. so many times we do that with God. We yeah. say, after I got my retirement taken care of, after I get my house paid off, then I will give. And that yeah. is backwards. Like I want to say, God, you can have everything and we'll start with the 10%. Yeah. I got to make sure I feed my family, take care of that. Then we'll talk about paying off extra debt payments. Then we'll make sure our investment savings yeah. is where it should be. But priority matters. Priority matters. That's, that's really good. Something that you talk about a lot on your podcast with each of these huge guests. Come on, Christine Kane. Like when, She's really so cool. when I, okay, so I met Andrew at an event at Marcus Point Baptist Church. He was speaking at a small group, the entrepreneur small group. And I'm looking at his podcast and I love Christine Kane. I'm She's like, amazing. I'm raising my hand. How, how in the world did you get Christine Kane on your podcast? She is literally a ball like christ through her and her team mm. is abolishing slavery forever yeah. i just am like so impressed it, it, i mean i love yeah. guests where all i have to do is say and here's the question and good luck and and, and they just run with it yeah. and, and like i just have to step in to just you know break up <laughs> because they they can just go forever and yeah. that's she's an energizer bunny yeah for sure um craig rochelle that was great great interview yeah. um you. So you ask people about their habits when they come on, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to know why. Why habits? Oh, I mean, I, I do think habits are very important. 
important. I even love that quote where if you sow habits, you get character and out of character, you get a destiny or however that quote goes, I'm probably messing it up. But I do think uh, habits are important. And, and so that's why one of my favorite books is The Miracle Morning is, yes. is because you could have a terrible day in the middle, but if I book in my days correctly, then I'll still have a good day. And I, I'm going back to Rick Warren is like, um, I think he said like, as long as I do my purpose of knowing and loving God more, that was a successful day. Mm -hmm. And so if I start my day by saying, Hey, you know, God, you get my first back to that. He doesn't get my leftovers. He gets the first, you know, hour of my day. My first hour of my day is I'm getting dressed. I'm listening yeah. to pray the word podcast with David Platt while I'm getting changed. Yeah. Uh, and while I'm shaving, then I go into a sermon, maybe from JP Pokluda, who I have enjoyed lately. And then I go into, all right, I'm going to read my Bible for the next 30 minutes. And that's what I do. So I, I read three pages of old, one pages of new, and I could have a terrible day. Yeah. Get out of my car, have a terrible day after that. But I started with what's the priority is loving God and knowing him more. Exactly. It, that's really funny that you mentioned Miracle Morning because yeah. one of my favorite sisters in Christ, uh, Christina Leavenworth, she's a very successful real estate agent here in town. And uh, her and I are both like go-getters. You know, we want to be focused. We want to do what the Lord's asking us to do mm. and take care of people well. You know, we really put our hearts on our sleeves for our clients. And uh, something that she was recommending that I read when we both got into sales is Miracle Morning. Sure. And now I'm meeting all these people who work in sales or work in like these service industries that are like Miracle Morning, Miracle Morning. But So I started to do some of the practices, yeah. which is like do everything in like little increments. Mm -hmm. So it's like work out, spend time journaling, spend time with the, you know, I, I think they said meditating. Meditate, but, prayer. But prayer. But for me, that's reading the Bible. Yep. Um, and then what, it's like a couple other things, but you just do all these. Yeah, drink water in, drink the, water. in the morning. I mean, I drink a lot of water right when I get up yes. because my body hasn't had water for eight hours. Yeah, but it, what it does is it puts you on this foundation. It's kind of like, um, a firm foundation. Absolutely. I mean, think how most people get up. Sadly, they get up, they spill coffee on their tie. Yeah. They're, you know, really distraught. They're rushing out of work. They're putting a slice of toast in their mouth as they run out the door. Yeah. And that's how they run. And then they show up with a fake smile on their, their face yeah. when they get to work. So do you prepare for the next day, the day before? Yeah, I try to do that. I'll look at my schedule for the next day. I want to be more intentional. Like I was, I was challenged by David Platt. He's like, I'm going to pray through that day and all the people that I'm going to meet with that. And I was like, oh, oh so, good. so good. And so, so intentional. And again, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know about those habits unless I asked about them and I'm listening to the right voices. Yeah. Craig Rochelle, he starts the day the next day, the night before I so listen smart. to his leadership podcast. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so great. good there. He's speaking at a conference in, uh, for Dave Ramsey in Dallas, Texas, the entree leadership, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know, conference. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to go. Yeah. I want to go. He's always putting out fresh content. Um, just really cool that you've talked to the, Ben Carson. I know that's those, those are the interviews. You also don't talk because you may embarrass yourself when someone's so smart. You're like, Oh no, don't, oh no. Let like, me get Lord out of the way. Me. Yeah. Lord help me. Lord. Absolutely. Lord help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> um, what Bible verse is encouraging you in this season? This was good because I was actually again, writing some, uh, scripts for my channel and I was, you know, really dealing with this question of, should I pray for wealth? Should I pray to be rich? I'm 
I think people ask that question and they don't really know if that's biblical to do or not. And so I was going through some scripture and I heard the scripture before, but it just, it, it hit me in a different way. The Holy Spirit really challenged me with Proverbs 38 through nine, which is remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of God. Mm. That's such a vulnerable proverb. I have to just like sit with it. It's just, it's one of those, um, I don't want to get lost in the moment kind of thing, kind of scripture. You know what it reminds me of is the hymn, you know, where it says, uh, prone to wonder. And, and, and that, that's such a vulnerable thing because I think it's so true. I mean, we are so prone to wonder. If something doesn't go our way financially, we're so quick to say, look at what you did, God. Then it becomes God's again. When things go bad that we yeah. mismanaged what we have, we've, you know, actually robbed him of what, you know, we're supposed to give. We don't manage our investments. We run up debt. We say, look what you did, Lord, and we curse God. And, and that's what this proverb is saying. Or the opposite opposite happens. Like we get to a mountaintop and we say, who is God? Mm. I am God. I have everything that I don't need God because I am wealthy. Mm. And we never say that. Very few people say that, but they'll say I'm self-made. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have got to stop that. No, 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 no more. Like that ends today. That ends today in the name of Jesus. Like God has brought you through so much and brought us through so much to get to where we are today and all because of Jesus all to him we owe right now I'm reading Job I just started it okay so Job he had I think it's six children three boys three girls the Lord talks to the devil and was like you know what about my servant Job and the Lord said that you could take everything from him but don't hurt him sure. and I and it makes me want to pray for the person listening of like Lord just put a, put your hedge of protection around whoever's listening to this and also Andrew and his family because we know that you will because of your word and you are faithful. So basically everything gets taken away from him and like lickety Fast. split. I mean, when the messenger leaves, the next one's showing up. Yeah. I mean, just like as I'm snapping, think of that as everything from your life going away. Yeah. Everything around you, hedge of protection around so you scary. going away. Right. And it, it, it makes me put on a posture of surrender to Jesus because he was praising God in that moment. Okay. I have got to look up the scripture because. That's um, so good. The praise that he gives to God on his knees. One second. Sorry. Okay. Job. I think, I mean, I think he shaves his head, goes burlap and, and the praise you're about to quote is just so humbling. Yes. Even though your spouse is saying curse the Lord, even, you know, the closest to him is, is saying, why don't you curse? Right. Why? Yeah. 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 That's what people were like the feeding him these lies. I don't know if anybody's feeding you lies today, but like be reminded of this truth this is what Job uh, did. He got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. He fell mm. to the ground in worship. Like, wow. not in remorse. He fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I don't know what that means for you who's listening, but I know that God is a loving God. And, and you know, we're talking about money. We're talking about tithing today. 
talking about God bringing you success in your life. And I just want you to know that God is the one who brings you what you have today. All things are possible with Christ. And so thank you, Andrew, for sharing that about Proverbs 30. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Oh, no. I mean, we covered so much. Yeah, I mean, we really did. But if you got other questions, I'm ready for them. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, let me pause and like rethink about what we just talked about. That was a whirlwind. Um, yeah, really fun, really encouraging. Giving comes first because it shows priority. I will definitely take that away from this conversation. Um, how do we connect with you? Yeah, I, I would check out the channel, The Everyday Philanthropist. It's on YouTube. If you got questions about tithing, giving, uh, philanthropy, there's your there's your answers. I hope that we're answering the questions that people have. Um, I encourage people to check out the book. It's richyoungandpowerful.com slash book to pick up a copy of The Giving Crisis there on Amazon or you can pick up the audio book on Amazon. So we'd love for you to check that book out because it's it's a testimony in, in many ways of uh, how the Lord's transformed my life from greedy to generous, which is a transformation in and of itself. I mean, again, uh, if you have greed in your life like I did, I should be set aside with all the immoral people that have no right to the, the eternal life. And it, it, again, the, the scripture is so fierce with people that suffer with greed is like, don't even eat with those kind of people. And yeah. that was, that was the person I was. Someone yeah. shouldn't have dinner with me because that's yeah. how wicked I was because I wanted what the world said I should have nicer things, more success. Yeah. Um, thank you for just like being so humble and coming on and sharing what God has on your heart. Uh, we will connect with you and I will put links in the description of this podcast to your books. How many books do you have? I have three books. So two are uh, personal finance and then the the, the second one had uh, tithe uh, as the topic. Mm -hmm. And so the first one was personal finance, second was tithe. And then this one is a culmination of the last decade of what the, the Lord's taken me through. Okay. Um, don't be penny wise and dollar foolish and dollar foolish and tithe a living testimony. Yes. And all those audiobooks are available on Amazon as well. Okay. That's great. Uh, let's pray. And yeah, this has been really fun. It Andrew McNair. Um, okay. Jesus. Wow. You are over all through all and in all. And we just love you and praise you. And we just pray that this recording honored you. We just love you so much. And we're grateful for what you've taught us and, we just pray that we take the principles that you've instructed us to do and we do them in our lives with you and for your glory. We are not alone, Lord. You are with us right now. And I just pray for the person listening. If they are just meeting you right now for the first time, that they ask you into their heart, knowing that they are saved by your grace through faith and they can do all things through you who strengthens them. And so I just pray if anyone had just, prayed that prayer and they were, they are saved right now in this moment by your grace that they go to their local church, Bible believing church, and just let them know the decision that they've made. And I pray for Andrew and his wonderful business that he has here in Pensacola and in Daphne and for his staff. Lord, just decrease us and increase you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. 
Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hey everyone, it's Erica with Glassy Day Studio, where we believe every broken, discarded, and disrupted thing will be reclaimed, restored, and redeemed by the one who created and calms the waves. Glassy Day jewelry is shaped from recycled surfboard resin and each design is named after a woman in the Bible. And 10% of every purchase supports foster care ministries. Check it out at glassydaystudio.com. And thanks for listening. And if this episode has drawn you closer to Christ, please share it with your friends and family or even one person that might find encouragement in the message and a deeper relationship with Christ. God bless and have a great week. This is amazing.